Welcome to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast. Hear and learn through the success of others how to build the life and business you deserve. Learn to overcome failure, what it means to seek out growth, and how to become the best possible version of yourself. And now, here's your host, coach, entrepreneur, husband and father, and author of the number one best-selling book, Survive, Scale, Soar, Jeremy Williams. And welcome back. This is Jeremy Williams, and you're tuning in to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast, the podcast for the entrepreneur built by entrepreneurs. Today, I have an amazing guest, Julie Traxler. Julie specializes in launching new businesses, hiring strategies, operational improvements, sales and marketing, and project execution. A co-host of the top-rated BizQuick podcast and co-host of the weekly live national radio show, Defeat the Chaos, on the Voice America Business Channel, Julie has a deep passion to help small businesses be their best. The show today is a conversation about the difficulties of being a business owner, since most of the time we only get to hear the good stuff. Julie and I talk about the importance of telling the full story. And before we get started with our guests, a quick reminder, if today's episode moves you, makes you think differently, makes you laugh, or you know it may help someone, be sure to share it. And Julie, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. I am beyond um, honored to be asked and excited to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited and, and getting to meet you through uh, Tony's 365 Mastermind Group. I've gotten to know you better and and you do so many amazing things. And we'll get into that with SB Pace and the radio show and, and your podcast as well. Oh, and so, so, Julie, today I want to talk about, uh, I think this is one of your favorite topics. And, that, you know, the topic of, you know, and you probably get this. Somebody comes to you and says, hey, Julie, I want to start a business. I see you're, you're having all the success and freedom. And it looks looks so easy. Can we talk about it being hard? <laughs> we can't talk about being hard. What's funny is Corey and I, my business partner, just went out to dinner last night. And we, you know, it, we have been friends forever. And we can't get away from talking about work. Like for two years since we started SB Pace, that's all we talk about anymore. And it's just, it doesn't escape you. It is always there. It it might look glamorous and I blame social media for that. Social media makes people, makes it like, makes it easy for everyone to portray success. But I got to tell you, like the peaks and valleys of it are grueling and excruciatingly hard. So like there is, there are really, there are easy moments. There are not easy days and there are really fun moments, but not every day is fun end to end at the beginning it is but once you get like three or four months in it's just like what did I do what did I do what have I gotten myself into <laughs> yeah let, let's talk about that so social media right or mm -hmm. or fake book you know as a lot of people call it and you know you see oftentimes I call them the flex posts where they're they're at a nice restaurant and they're talking about how successful of a day they had um, yet you never hear or see the, the challenges, which I don't like that either. I, you know, I see people post about the struggle, you know, and they're trying to get people on board with them about the struggle. And it's like, well, that's just weak. 
tell me your thoughts on social media and how it's really created this distorted view of owning a business. Yeah. Oh, so first off, I hate social media and I, I hate the fact that we are all so dependent on it. I, I wish it didn't exist. I blame the downfall of society on social media. So I have some pretty strong opinions on it, but I also understand it is a marketing tool that we have to use. And I think a lot of people use it with very poor judgment and maybe you know, they're being provocative, but they're being provocative and in a really irresponsible way, right? So they're talking about, you know, the, the, how hard it is to be a business owner and, and all the struggles that go with it and, and making it, you know, almost like a sympathy plea. And, you know, I think you chose that path. You, you chose that path. And so, yeah, it's hard, but there's all, it's also really, really rewarding. And I think people want to always either portray all of the hardships of it or all of the successes of it, but not the whole story. And without telling the whole story, it's, it's just, it's meaningless, to be honest. It's meaningless. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with that. We're going to talk about statistics, you know, maybe 99% agree with that. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that, you know, you, you see, and it is, it's the extremes. So you see somebody that'll post, and, and I deal specifically in the real estate industry, and I do help some other small business owners, primarily agents, and you'll see either one or the other. Like the woe is me post, like every single day, or the, hey, I'm just so successful, look at me. And there's, there's not that in between. And oftentimes it's fake either way. So yeah. You know, I, I just think and I agree that that social media is kind of that one of those tools that is necessary, but it's like an, it's almost like a necessary evil. Right. Um, it, it can be really challenging. And, it, you know, have do you see that? I, I know you work with small business owners. Um, are you seeing those extremes? Um, we try and. Um, from our, from our clients, you mean, are, are we mm -hmm. seeing those extremes? Uh, no, well, not, not from client. No, because I know you're taking care of your clients, but maybe those that come to your business that are seeking out help. I think most of the people that come to our business and are seeking out help aren't using social media at all to the level that they should be. Um, and are most, and they have a lot of fear around it. Right. So a lot of people don't want to put themselves out there. They want to kind of hide back in the, you know, hey, as I like to call it, hang in the cut and not really actively participate, but you have to really put yourself out there. But again, in that full story mode. So from our perspective, clients are people that are coming to us for, for help. Those are people that are usually not, they're not super active on social media. They're, they have a very low profile. And so they haven't really stepped one way or the other into the fray. They haven't really made a decision of I'm going to be the woe is me or I'm going to be the flex post all the time. And there is one other kind of post that happens all the one other type of poster that happens all the time. And that's the angry dude who's always like trying to like talk about how everyone's against him and he's going to prove him wrong and watch me next. That guy is out there too. And that one's fun to watch, but also a little bit disturbing. It's like, get out of your own way, man. Yeah, usually I remove those people. And sometimes there's a few of those that I keep and it's just purely for entertainment value. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, what are they angry at today? I've got to go, go see this. It's, it's a complete waste of my time. It's, you know, I'm all about efficiency and productivity. There's just those few. I'm like, 
gosh, it's like it's like eye candy. I know. I'm always like, did somebody actually wrong this person, or is this just one big piece of theater that's ongoing every day? Yeah, because I I think it's well, I'm, I'm going to be angry and show all this angst about it, how everybody's against me, and that's going to pull people towards me, and it's actually pushing them away. Yeah, exactly. It's a repellent. So how do you? So talking about this, how do you over how do you overcome this, and how do you put yourself out there in a way that that tells the whole story? What do you have to do? How do you how do you prepare your mindset for that? Oh, that what a great question. Um, so I think from the perspective of preparing your mindset, I really think you have to understand and look at what the end goal is, right? So if you're looking to achieve you know, whatever it is that you're trying to get with your business or where you want to go, um, like getting more sales, getting more people interested. If you, if you're trying to grow that business, you have to keep that in mind as this is my goal. And the social media piece of it is one part of achieving that overall goal, right? It can't be your entire strategy, but it has to be a part of it. And it's really important for people to remember that, you know, people relate to humanness, right? So they relate to struggle and they relate to failure, but they also relate to wins and they relate to non-work things, family things. And, you know, you're, you know, if you're out, like you're training for a marathon, whatever it is that's happening, they relate to all of it. And when they see you as a human, they're far more likely to want to engage and follow and really get to know you. And that's where the trust comes in. And eventually they may become a customer. They, they may not be your ideal customer. So they may never buy from you, but they may know somebody who will. So it's portraying all the pieces of your life in a really genuine way and in a responsible way. I think that's, to me, that's, that's where you have to look at the end goal and then figure out how to weave pieces of your life into it. Yeah, I think I think authenticity is one of the most important things. And, you know, especially with businesses that are using online mechanisms to capture people is to build the the trust in order to to earn that that business. And that going circling all the way back, we're gonna Jim Pasaki right here. We're gonna circle back. That's hard, right? That is yes. hard. It it definitely is. And there are, you know, there are some things in your life that that um, you may not want to reveal, right? So I, interestingly, I will tell you a little story um, and one that um, Corey and I have crafted very well and are very protective of. One of the reasons that people follow us and listen to us is because people are so curious about what our relationship is. Like, what are we? Are we just business partners? Are we friends? Are we a couple? Are we married? Like people who don't really, really know us aren't deep in our circle, don't know. And we don't ever address it intentionally. We leave it very, very vague. And uh, just in case there's any of those people on here, I won't reveal on here what it is either. But... I, was about, I was about to ask. I was like, did it get the <laughs> right. scoop? Yeah, no, no scoops given on this one. But we know that People go insane on social media when we post pictures of the two of us together. They're the pictures, they are the things that get the most likes and the most comments, the most engagement. People love our podcasts for the way that we engage together. And so 
we know that. And we also know that that curiosity is out there. And so we just keep that going. It's just part of our story. And we're not, we're, we're not telling. Yeah, sometimes having something that creates that sense of curiosity. And I think a lot of business owners miss that because they put every single thing out there. You know, it's, it's nice to have that, that curiosity to keep people coming back and, and trying to figure it out. I think that's just human nature, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't intentional. It wasn't, it's just that, you know, when it comes to our relationship, we're both very private and we're both very protective of it. And so we don't, we don't think it's necessary for anyone to know. And a lot of people make assumptions and we let us, we just let them, and we never even correct the assumptions. We just, okay, <laughs> just let it go. But it, it helps to, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a part of our story that people are interested in and that we can continue to, to leverage, but it's not, it's not malicious. And we're all, and we're very responsible about the way that we, we work that into what we're doing. Yeah, that's awesome. So you, you came from a corporate background mm -hmm. and then went to an entrepreneur role, which is a majority of people will start out with the, the J-O-B and then make a decision that, okay, I, I want to do something different, something greater, something, build something for myself. Mm -hmm. What were some of those thoughts in your mind that made you take that job? <laughs> I am pretty much unhirable, Jeremy. Um, I have been fired from more jobs than most people have. I have been fired from 13 jobs, 13, right? And I think most people don't even have 13 jobs in their entire lifetime. Um, and for the, the last job that I got fired from, I was running an M&A team, a mergers and acquisitions team for a Fortune 500 company. And I was on the road for five years straight, on the road. And I loved, loved, loved what I was doing, but I hated the way the business functioned. I didn't, I never felt like I was adding enough value. I've had, I fought really, really hard for the people that I was the companies that I was helping to integrate into the large, larger corporate system. And a lot of times it felt like I was fighting against my own boss to do the right thing and to help these people. And I got fired and I was so filled with shame over it. I literally, I, every, almost a very, almost every friend I close friend I had was from work from that job. And I disconnected from every one of them, except Corey. Corey was the only person who I didn't because Corey's a robot. And so he wouldn't have known if I was feeling shameful or not, because he just can't recognize emotion. And so he's the only person I continued to talk to. And it took me, I got fired on February 14th of 2018. And I'm I- say. Valentine's Day. The worst part is they actually flew me to Southern California to find when I was living in Minnesota, they flew me to Southern California to fire me to make me find my own way home. That's <laughs> so awful. it was awful. It was awful. And I was so embarrassed over it. And for the longest time, I just couldn't get out. It couldn't get it out of my head. I couldn't get out of my own way on it. And I, you know, I found something else right away, but it didn't matter because I was really defeated over it. I was when I found out the number of people who knew that I was going to be fired before I knew it was devastating to me. And so it's only been, you know, probably in the last year since really meeting Tony and getting to know Tony better that I have really 
embraced the fact that I am unhirable and I love being a business owner and helping small businesses so that they don't have to go back to corporate America. Cause I think it takes a special kind of person to be an entrepreneur, but it takes a really, really different kind of person to succeed as one. And, and I like playing a part in their, in people's success. Yeah. And, and uh, I think that's, that's something to, to kind of take home. That was a really powerful point you made is, is being that person that is unhirable. And I, I feel like I, I kind of worked through that, my progression in, in working with real estate brokerages was I got to a place where I just felt like I couldn't grow anymore where I was at. And I had that deep desire to do that to help more people. And thus I went out and started my own, my own company. And best decision I ever made, was it easy? Absolutely not, right? Because you have that corporate support and the help and the people around you and you know to go fishing for clients, they're like right there. Um, where now it was like, okay, I'm on my own. And I have to do this now. And I, I don't think a lot of people understand that is starting out as an entrepreneur or a solopreneur, you really kind of are on your own for a while. <laughs> I laugh when I look back at when we, so we started the genesis of SP Pace was the pandemic, right? We literally started the company as a result of the pandemic because we were both doing independent consulting and our, both of our gigs ended Things had dried up really fast in, ter in terms of opportunity. We had some savings. And so we were like, let's start calling friends and family who are small business owners and see how we can help them because things were so confusing for small business owners when the pandemic first started, right? So we were, we were not calling to try and sell them anything. We were genuinely like, how can we help? What do you need? And they started telling other people, hey, you should call these guys. They're really good. They can help you. And, and we're probably like two, three weeks into doing that when we realized, Hey, I think we're onto something. We should actually start a business. And so we, you know, we formalized it, started the business. Um, but it took us, Jeremy, this is so, I laugh now. It took us, we started the business March 27th will be our anniversary where we have been in business for two full years. And we didn't realize until probably September that we actually needed to focus on sales. We had this silly, stupid notion if we build it, they will come because what we're doing is so amazing. Nothing could be further from the truth. And it really, and I laugh, I'm like, how did we go that long? But neither one of us had a sales background. And so I think we were both probably a little bit intimidated by it. The thought of having to go out and get our own clients. Um, and now honestly doing the sales part is probably one of my favorite parts of the business because I never look at it as selling. I look at it as service and as relationships. And I can always, I, I know how I can genuinely help somebody. And if I can't, I'm going to be very honest with them and I'll point them to somebody who can, or if they can do it themselves, I'll be like, you can just do this yourself for a lot cheap, well, a lot less money. Right. And that's just kind of who we are and what our, what our value system is at SB Pace. Um, but I also know I'm not, I'm, I'm not intimidated by the word no. And I'm also not afraid to ask for the sale when I know I can truly, truly help somebody. Yeah, the word no. And, and I, I was able to do a podcast with you a few weeks back is, is probably the most important word you're ever going to learn as a business owner is being able to say no to something and also having the mindset of next yeah. and not, not being afraid to turn somebody away. I've had to cut, turn away a couple of people this week that it just wasn't a fit and they just weren't ready for coaching. 
And I could see that this wasn't going to work out over a period of time. And I just said, you know, I, I really don't think you're ready yet. Do this and then come back and let's have a conversation. And you've got to be able to say that. And it allows you to free up more time to go find those that truly are your, your future clients. Absolutely. And I think there's so much value in, I think it's a rarity that people do that, right? I don't think a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs or business owners turn away money. They're like, no, this isn't a good fit, or you are not going to be happy with the end result because you're not ready yet, which, you know, finding a way to say that that doesn't offend somebody is key, but it takes a really, really confident, but also highly ethical business owner to say, you're not, you're not there yet. I can't, I can't take your money. I can't. And so um, I, I applaud you for, for doing that. And we, you know, we look really heavily when we have an opportunity to work with somebody, we watch for signs on how they're going to be to work with. And we were like, this isn't going to be a good fit for us. We're going to be miserable the entire engagement. And we didn't get into business to be miserable. So I just had somebody who um, wanted to work with, with me, just me, right? Not me and Corey, just me. And it was a, like a $15,000 engagement, which is a nice size engagement. The only way they would actually set, um, wire me the money was if I cut Corey out of the business. And I was like, I don't know who you think you are to dictate that to me, but no, no, I, that's, that's insane. That's insane. No, I didn't get into business. So someone else could tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those are, those are some of the things when somebody's looking at a business and no, oh, it's, it's easy. And, you know, we see rainbows and butterflies and leprechauns and, you know, your Julie's just the most awesome person is they don't know that you're having those tough conversations that take place behind the scenes. And, and sometimes it's that conversation of saying, saying no. And um, so I, I applaud you and I, I applaud Corey for that too, as, as well, being a business partner for y'all to, to stand, stand on that truth. I want to talk a little bit, you know, I appreciate all these things you're sharing today. And I, I know they're really going to help our audience, but I want to talk specifically about uh, what you offer, Julie. And let's start first with SB Pace. Tell me a little bit about SB Pace and what you can do to help others. Absolutely. So SB Pace, we are focused exclusively on small businesses. So we help typically 20 or less employees more frequently than not 10 or less. And really to, to simplify it, the top areas that we help business owners is one, if you've got a big, if you're trying to win, you know, new business, um, we can help with pitch decks or proposals, right? So we are killer at creating really amazing pitch decks and proposals that not only are these like beautifully designed assets, but they also lay out the entire plan of how you can execute, right? So you can win the business and then have the plan for how you're going to deliver that, that business that you've won. We also are really huge on competitive analysis, right? So we offer, we do competitive analysis for people to help them find the gap so they can differentiate themselves and really win in the marketplace. It's one of our favorite things to do. Um, we help business owners scale. So figuring out what that path is to 
generating more revenues. And I will tell you, Jeremy, this is one of the things that drives me the most nuts about other people who are trying, who are selling to small business owners. When I hear somebody tell a business owner that they can help them, you know, 2X, 5X, 10X their revenue, I lose my mind because all they're talking about is sales. And most entrepreneurs and small business owners don't have the foundational structure to support that type of growth. So we look at it holistically. What are you doing end to end? Where do you have gaps? Where are there inefficiencies? And how can we improve those that result in scalability so that you're poised for long-term success? And then finally, we help what we like to call, we help people fire themselves. So going from being an owner-driven business to a process-driven business so that you can free up more time. So you're not everything in your business is dependent on you. So that's, that's SB Pace. Um, we've helped a lot of people launch. A lot of entrepreneurs launch their first business as well. It's probably one of the number one things that we've done. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And uh, you, you nearly triggered me with the 10X thing because I just had somebody come to mind. I won't say his name, but his initials are G and C. And uh, that just drives me absolutely nuts because most of them don't have the foundation to even do that. So they go pay tons of money. They get all excited, externally motivated, not internally, yep. come back. And they do nothing. Yeah, um, so, it. yeah. So awesome. Tell me about, uh, you've also got a national radio show and a podcast. We do. And I have, we have a second business. Can I tell you about our second business? Oh yeah. Tell me about yeah, that. So we have a business called Certivium because we like really weird names. And um, Certivium is also for small business owners and it is focused exclusively on customer engagement and social media management. So on the customer engagement side, what we found is that if you're like a solopreneur, you've got like only two or three employees, it's really hard to keep up with every social channel and where customer feedback, questions, complaints, um, you know, testimonials are coming from. So we handle that as part of our customer engagement um, service. And then on the social media management, we really have like three different offerings on that one. We're super proud of that because it was born out of a necessity to help clients. We went out, interviewed, like I probably interviewed 15 to 20 different social media management companies trying to find solutions for some of our clients. And everybody was so overpriced and under delivering in terms of what they were giving them that we're like, let's just create our own. So we can do either just content planning, we can do content planning and asset creation or content planning, asset creation and posting. So we do a lot and we do it all really, really affordable and no contracts. We're a, we're a no contract kind of business. We're not going to lock you in for something. Um, yeah. We have a weekly national radio show. It's called the FIFA chaos and it is on the voice America business channel every Thursday at 9. AM. And that we have a lot of fun with where we, and we talk about current events. We sometimes go a little off the rails. We just recently discovered we're allowed to curse on that show. So lately they've been curse riddled, but it's been, um, that's a lot of fun. And that again is targeted at S at um, entrepreneurs to help them, you know, sort of calm down that chaos inside their business and become more efficient and more process driven. And then we have a podcast biz quick, which is a top rated business podcast. Um, we're almost 200 episodes in and, um, that one we are, I I'm really proud of biz quick. I feel like every single time we record an episode, we get just a little bit better at what we're doing. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it was it was a great honor and opportunity to be on be on it, and uh, y'all did it. Y'all did a great job. The finished product was amazing. So, 
Um, we haven't even talked about it. you do have a best-selling book too. Oh yeah, we do. Goodness gracious. It's so funny. One of my friends told me once, do you ever do anything at the shallow end of the pool? And I'm like, huh, I guess we do do a lot. Um, we do. We wrote um, at the very beginning of the pandemic when we started the business, we also wrote a book at the same time. It's called Seriously Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. We realize now it's pretty, it's probably poorly titled in that it's really about building a strong foundation for your business. It comes with a workbook and it's available on Amazon. Awesome. So if somebody's listening today and they're like, hey, I, I want to meet this Julie person. I want to connect with her. She might be able to help me in my business. How do they connect with you? Easiest way is our website, sbpace.com. And that has all of our social links. It also has, you know, you can schedule a call or shoot us an email. Everything you need to know is right there. Awesome. Well, Julie, thank you for taking your time out of your, your busy, busy schedule, all these things going on in your world. Amazing. And uh, pouring into the audience, I know they're going to grab some things from today that are going to be able to help them, not just in their business, but also in their lives. So thank you. Well, thanks for having me, Jeremy. It's been great. Thank you for listening to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast. If you heard something that made a difference in your life today, share it with someone that might benefit and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Learn more about the host of this podcast and coaching services offered by Red Hawk Coaching by visiting www.redhawkcoaching.com.